I'm single, single. Big single, okay. Big single out here, so. I'm still wondering. I'm still married. <laughs> She's complicated. She, she is complicated. It's complicated. I'm not complicated. Kenya. This is Fee. And I'm Taylor. And you're listening to the Is Single, Married, and It's Complicated podcast. Okay. Well. Welcome back to another episode of the Single, Married, and It's Complicated podcast. As you hear, there's only one voice recording right now. This is Taylor, your married co-host. And I feel so weird without Kenya and Fiona. This is strange. I don't like this. <laughs> but anyway, let me get out of my feelings. So this is the second installment to our dive-in series. So basically... Um, Fiona had the brilliant idea during quarantine to have all of us um, featured on separate episodes. And that way you can get kind of a detailed um, experience as to what each co-host believe in according to their relationship status. And also kind of, you know, giving us some kind of breakout episodes so that we can you know, just further our opinions and discover things about ourselves individually. So, today, we are talking about marriage, of course, um, and I have a guest with me today, and my guest is my husband. You want to say anything to the people? Hi. <laughs> Hi, that's it? <laughs> How are you doing today, babe? Doing pretty good, everybody, so... I'm pretty good. I feel like, you know, what what better person to have this conversation with um, than my husband. So today we're just going to touch on some marriage myths. Okay. And um, marriage myths, we're not trying to like debunk any myths or bust any myths. We're just, um, you know, giving our general opinions about whether we've experienced any of these and you know whether we believe them to be true cool cool all right so the first um thing that we're gonna do is we're gonna so okay let me slow down so you guys have seen that instagram story game where like who's better or who's more and then everybody's doing the couple edition so I figured as an icebreaker, <laughs> we could play something like that. Yeah. All right. So I think I have, how many do I have? One, two, three, four, five, six examples on here. So the first thing I have on here is who is the better dancer? That's me all day. You think it's you? Yeah. I mean, you know, my, my mom, my dad taught me how to dance when I was younger, so. I've been dancing pretty much my whole life. Since I've known you, I think that you've had the moves, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm shy. <laughs> don't, don't, don't get me wrong. No, I, you know. You, you shy? Yeah. I don't think you shy. When you, <laughs> when you dancing and, and you have your moment, I don't think you shy like that. Definitely shy. Listen, so just to back up, um, we've known each other for a really, really long time, so a lot of our conversation probably won't have a lot to do with marriage it'll probably have a lot to do with 
I guess just friendship and like yeah. how long I've known you. Um, it's twenty twenty, and we've been together since two thousand eleven. So, and I met you in two thousand eight. Eight two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Yes. So Spring semester. We were friends first. Okay. Let me go to the next one. Who is the better cook? I'm going to give that one to you. You're going to give that one yeah, to me? Yeah, I can grill. You know, I can grill some, you know, some mean chicken, steak, it, yeah. seafood. You know, yeah. I'm good. I'm good with like, you know, the meats, but you know how to mix stuff together, you know, create black excellence. So, you know, I'm not, <laughs> I ain't there yet. You, did you just tell me I'm cooking black excellence? You know. I, I think I'm the better cook. You know what I'm saying? I made some breakfast burritos today. And some, uh... I'm not ashamed to say I ate four of them. And then I immediately went into a coma, so... Oh, yeah, you had four burritos. Then you had to take a nap. It's like that sometimes. Yeah. Um... Who is the better driver? Me. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm not a terrible driver, but, you know, I... You know... According to an earlier episode of this podcast. Oh, know. Lord. <laughs> right. You didn't listen to every episode. I'm about to get in trouble. <laughs> Apparently, I'm I'm not the best driver, especially if I get excited. So. Yeah. You you take more risk uh, driving. Now, let me, let me put this out here for the record. I'm, we're not talking about being a ne- negligent driver. This is more so, you know, I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm a little comfortable taking a curve, you know, more so, you know, I might take a speed bump because I know yeah, I can, you but speed race out here. Well, you know, I got a, I got a good shock on my car. You oh know? my god, <laughs> you pushing it to the elimination? Nah, 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 nah. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've, I'm not gonna say I've calmed down, but you know, I, I do pay attention to what I'm doing. Yeah. All right. Safety first, though. No, absolutely. Um, who's more stubborn? This is a tough one. Yeah, it's a tough one. Both of us. <laughs> I think both of us. Are I good. think we need to. Uh, okay, let's food. When it comes to food, who's more likely to give the other person that last bite of food? Really? I'm just saying. I think <laughs> that that settles the, the stubborn stubborn argument. When it comes down to food. To the last you, bite. I will give you my you, last you bite. You are more likely to give me your last bite of food. But what's that got to do with how how, how stubborn somebody... I just need, on a scale, on this scale, I just need some weight to shift either left or right. Because right now, and we in the middle, so... I feel like you said that on purpose, but okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, next question. Who is more dominant? This is kind of subjective, like dominant how, like dominant overall in the I, relationship, or or or. Well, just dominant, I guess. You know, however you you feel about answering the question. Now, I that's another hard one because I feel like we both take turns. Um, being dominant. Um, like I think I have, I tend to have domineering tendencies when it comes to planning things yeah definitely like i'm like a planner like all day like if you say you want to go on vacation i'm like done you say 
you want to go to the grocery store, I got a list. You know, you say you uh, want to buy a new car, and I'm like, okay, look at these. Look at these models. Look at these prices, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I like to take over projects, but I think that you're more so dominant when it comes to... I'm a thinker and a doer. You are a planner and... When it comes to like house stuff, I think you tend to take over a little more. Automotive tech. I don't know. I I'll, I'll give it. I'll give this one to you. The reason. The reason being is because I tend to. Really, you give it. You give well, it to me. I like. You know, I like it when you steer the ship, and I kind of set the sails and provide the wind. Oh, so it's just kind of like I didn't know that. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I like it. I like to so that way I can still see everything, but I don't necessarily feel like I should be driving the ship because yeah. you know Titanic. You know, we all know how to end it. Well, I think that's you know when it comes down to it, I think that that's something that a lot of marriages tend to um have. It's like one partner is better at a certain task than a. Another, and yeah. so you can have that person to lean on when it comes to that certain task. Um, and then you might be better at something that your partner is not, and they, you know, they'll look to you for guidance or advice or what have you. Okay, who is smarter? <laughs> uh, this is another one of those. One of those questions. You want to answer at the same time? Okay, I'm going to count on three. Three, <laughs> two, one. You. I am. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> we both said you. <sighs> Narcissist. No, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, it's I'm hard only because I tend I'm a little more I'm a little nerdier so I tend to know a lot of and and being from a smaller town and uh not really seeing as much as you have I've kind of had to like be really creative as far as like being able to keep up if that makes sense like not being accustomed to a certain lifestyle and things of that nature like I've always had to create my own something right so you're saying like because of you were like raising a smaller or maybe slower society. You've clung to information more. Yeah, so I tend to know a little. I tend to know uh, a bit more of uncommon knowledge, right? Okay. We both say you. I think. Uh, I think I have my airhead moments. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're both intellectuals, but. Um, when it comes to common sense, I think you, I think you beat me a little, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I give you credit where your credit is due, you know. But yeah, like certain, I think I think that what it is is you are a bit more logical than I am. Um, you tend to approach things with a more practical and logical approach, mm-hmm. whereas I'm very much. In my feelings. <laughs> and so, you know, sometimes I tend to feel things before I think about things. Um, yeah, that's crazy. Okay. 
Who's more grounded? Um, this is not to take. I'm not taking shots. Uh, it depends on how grounded. Like if you say spiritually grounded, uh, of course, because of how take, take it how you want to take it. Because of how I was raised, um, I feel like I have a more spiritual grounding. But I was gonna say you. You. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say you're more grounded. You, I mean, you're getting that. Your growth has been. Has been yeah, amazing. yeah. Like, I think as an as an adult in my adult life, I'm more grounded. I think when I was like early twenties, younger, I think I was a, a little all over the place. Yeah, you, I mean, <laughs> you, were, you were making strides long before I came along. I was just like, hey. Uh, so you disagree with me? You think when I was younger, I was more. Well, I, let's uh, let's let's take it back. I'm I'm talking about when we first met. Like you were already making strides that I wasn't I wasn't there yet, right? You already had a system in place financially. You were already there mentally. Like you knew what you wanted five years from then. I also had a lot of fire under my ass, though. Yeah, I, for me it was like because I had like parents constantly in my ear trying to control my every move. Yeah, no, my parents were more so like, hey, you know, um, you know, your journey is going to be a little different, but be smart, do nothing stupid, and you'll be fine. And so I just kind of... You got the cooler parents. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it took time for them to get to that point because, you know, it being four of us, you know, that was a lot. Yeah, y'all got a lot of, a lot of kids. All right. Well, that was the last question. That was fun. What you think? I thought it was great. Yeah. Okay, so you want to get into the myths now? Yes. Yeah. Um, before I I start the myth examples, um, so, you know, not long ago, before, well, sometime today, we were watching a YouTube video, and um, basically the guy was trying to explain why people get married. And why people still get married. So, like, before, he was saying, like, you know, five million years ago, when it was just, you know, caveman and woman, um, they would kind of wander freely from partner to partner. And then, you know, as the world started to get a little bit more established, you had arranged marriages, right? And then in the 21st century, everybody's like kind of getting away from arranged marriages, kind of picking a partner. And um, he had this graph that explained that um, he he basically said, like, in the the 1960s, 60% of people who were married were under the age of 30. Or let me rephrase that. So people under that age, so 60% of people... 30 and under were married. And now, you know, fast forward to 2020, only 20% of people who are 30 and under are married. So just to give you kind of like a, a visual picture of where marriage has gone in like the last, you know, 50, 60 years, so different. Well, yeah, that's because it's... it's uh it's gone from the state of survival to now kind of, you know, you've got, so, so you went from survival 
And then back in medieval times, you had people marrying into families for power and wealth, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And so here we are now where people are valuing, uh, you know, people want to live to see, you know, the kids do stuff. If they decide to have kids, it's more so you realize that the the, the standard of the layout that our parents laid out where, you know, you have to do everything by a certain age that doesn't matter now. It's it's a free for all and it's actually really nice because it takes a lot of pressure off of, you know, uh let's say being married by thirty. Like a lot of us have told ourselves, you know, oh, I wanna get married by a certain time, I wanna have a house by a certain time. Yeah. But in reality, none of that really matters. If you can if you can, you know, if there's something that you can obtain, that's nice. I mean I, I feel like you should always set goals for yourself yeah and you know not to get too far off subject but uh yeah i just think that times are com- completely different we're in a different age where i think that people I, I agree with you when you say that people are getting married for different reasons now um because you know before it was about survival like you know back in like was like the 15th 16th 17th century a lot of women were um, you know, obsessed with status, like your societal status was everything, you know, mm-hmm. you had to marry a man with money, with status and that, and, and, you know, they had people who were considered noble and highborns, you know, like just ridiculous stuff like that. Um, but with all that being said, why, why did you get married? I got married because uh, family means a lot to me, and uh, just based on how the men raised me and my family, uh, family was the, a really big picture. Like the men were the the giants that carried the world on their shoulders, and um, the aunts and moms and grandmas were the the timekeepers, I guess you can say, they held everything together. They they patched everything together. So um, that's just how I was raised. I was raised to be a family man, and that's one of my, you know, one of my biggest values is, is family. So I wanted to take the journey to start a family of my own. And, you know, I'm on my way. So yeah, I can see that. <laughs> like you're you're very family oriented. Everybody, you don't meet a stranger. No, no. And, uh, you know. Yeah, you've never met a stranger. Like, everybody that you come in contact with, you know, you try to build some connection with them. Um, It's very admirable behavior. (laughs) I wish I could say the same about myself. I'm a little bit more antisocial. But, again, like, that's something that I can always depend on you to do. Um, Well, why did I get married? I think I talked about this in the first, in our first episode, Deal Breakers, part one. Um, when I was growing up, I didn't really like aspire to be a wife. Um, I think I have, I think when I was growing up, I would, I knew that I would enjoy being in a relationship, but when it came to like the institution of marriage, I didn't want to make a mockery of it. And so... I wanted, you know, to be able to be in, like, a comfortable relationship with somebody 
but marriage wasn't necessarily on the table until I met you. You yeah. taught me a lot about, um, you know, just being with someone and wanting to have like longevity with the same person, wanting to grow with the same person, like, and eventually like it was something that I was like, okay, like I see what he's saying. Like, I can do this. I can do that. Um, my mom, she was a single mother during my formative years. So I didn't really see a lot of, um, I guess I didn't have a lot of observations about marriage because, you know, I'm nine, 10, 11 years old. And the only parent that I know is my mom. And then I had my sister, you know, but I didn't really have like a male figure around. So I was not able to see like a dynamic between a man and a woman who mm-hmm. were married. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a lot of things that, you know, I, you've had the opportunity to teach me. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Let's get into the myths. Let's, let's do this. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so you're just going to talk about, well, I'm going to say the myth, I guess. And then you're, you'll just say like, whether you believe in it or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like some some people like really believe in in myths, like a relationship myth, for example. You buy a man's shoes, he'll walk out of your life. There are women out here that really believe that. So, <laughs> I mean, I you know, I'm not I'm not knocking I'm not here to knock anybody on what they believe, but I would I would definitely want people to be realistic. You know, I, you I, I want you to you know think think it through. Yeah. And then just, you know, go from there. Yeah. So they so they say that um, anyone who has studied something for more than seven years is considered an expert. So although we've only been married for two years, we have been in a relationship for nine years. So would you consider us experts, relationship experts? No. <laughs> No. I would not either. I wouldn't either. I, think I am not about to set anybody up. Because you know, you probably got somebody whose anniversary is today. And they're just like, today is my anniversary. I'm an expert. Go home and lose everything. So no, we're not, we're not going to do that. Do you think that it's, do you think that becoming a relationship expert is attainable? Um, I think that there are levels, but an expert level. I can't say, you know, if if there is, if there are relationship experts out here, I don't know. I, I can't say that because everybody's relationship is different. And when, what, what works for one relationship may not work for the next hey, relationship. So if you're saying say that, that they're say an that, expert, say that. if you're saying that they're an expert, then that means that they have mastered all relationships. Mm. And as we all know, there can be a relationship is it, it, defined by you. So, okay, I see what you did. My relate me, my, our relationship may not work for someone that's listening to this so you, relationship. So you're saying if we were to be experts, we would be experts you about be experts our at relationship. relationship. Cause that's, that's all I know. I'm not, I haven't. I wish that a lot of people would, you know, talk about that concept more because oftentimes, um, so I have married friends. I have single friends, you know, I have friends that are, you know, just kind of out here and kind of, complicated you know 
maybe not so orthodox um, relationships. And I feel like a lot of pressure from them sometimes because they looking at me like I'm supposed to tell them what to do. Like, I only know what works for my relationship. And, you know, it ain't in all the things that I'm doing. Those those things don't even work one hundred percent of the time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like like I'm learning with you. How would, about you give me if, some advice? If I had to give people advice, and uh, you know, I would just tell people, you know, you really define your own relationship. I think that's a really big pitfall for a lot of people. Um, is trying to have somebody else's relationship, and I'm not saying this from like a jealousy uh, standpoint, but I can recall at a young age, in a different point in my life, way before I met you. Yeah. I was infatuated with the concept that I had an uncle mm-hmm. who married his high school sweetheart. Oh, right. So this okay. is this is the uncle that I was named after. Okay. And you know his story was you know he met his wife in high school. I mean they dated, they stayed in the same town, they went off to college. You know they separated, they got back together. Yeah. You know they're still together. They got two beautiful kids. They are both bosses. Like, I mean, they're, they're doing it. Power couple. They're a power couple. So seeing that, you know, to me said that, okay, well, why can't I do it? So, let, so let me do that. Yeah. I was hell bent on trying to do that at a young age and I didn't understand myself. So I didn't know what I wanted to, to do. In high school, you was trying to find a wife? I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't more so trying to find a wife. It's kind of like, you hear it like, if you have a good thing, if right. it's good to you, right? why change it? Like, I, I see a lot of people say, well, it's like, all right, you're in a relationship, and it's a good relationship, or it's good to you, but, oh, you went off to college, so you just need to disband that relationship. I don't, I don't necessarily believe in that, but now I do, only based on experience, because I was not ready to be in a relationship. You know, I didn't have the tools necessary, you know, to survive out here. You know, I didn't know anything about credit. I didn't know anything about, you know, finances. I didn't have anything in order. I had the will to want to be in a relationship, but I didn't have the logic to understand, you know, how a relationship works. And I feel like that's kind of like the African-American way, though. Like, I, I, like, you know, oftentimes you see a lot of black people get married and they have nothing when they get married and they build together. Um, you know, then you see other cultures, you know, they have dowries, they have they have all of these tools that they've had, you know, since they were teenagers or since they were early in their twenties, and they have they knew that their end goal was marriage, but they have all of these things before they get married that they can put into their relationship. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a, uh-huh. that's a definitely a generational thing. Even with even with a legacy, um, I believe we had somebody ask a question about like what what kind of legacy am I trying to leave in my marriage? Yeah. Or what you know, I would like to leave a legacy of of you know having a successful family, right? Yeah, I want my family to be rooted spiritually. Um, and by spiritual, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I grew up Baptist, so yeah. I consider myself a non-denominal, non-denominational believer in Christ. Yeah. Um, and I want to raise my children around that fa- same foundation, but yeah. I also want them to be able to choose what they want out of life as well. Um, I would but like... See, that's what we see a lot, though, is we see, I guess, African-Americans... 
kind of like mold their children into a more spiritual um, way instead of like, okay, for instance, like my, my grandmother, like I, I tend to look for her, look to her for spiritual advice. But when it comes to like, and even relationship advice, but when it comes to like finances or like, uh, I guess like career building or, um, you know, these very, like very credit, like things like that, she can't help me with. So it's like, where do I get that information from? Yeah. I think it's, it's always harder to start with nothing. And I, something I want people to think about just to get, get back on track is, uh, you know, look, look to leave a legacy, build something that you can leave behind for the next generation. Because a lot of us are, you know, we're going into relationships or situationships with nothing, with no tools to build. And then when that relationship is a dud or if it doesn't work out, the next relationship, you have to start with nothing again. So it's like, gosh, yeah, that's hard. Take the time to find yourself, get your business off the ground, find that job you really want, you know, take the hits early, you know. So you're saying like we should be doing stuff like that first and then thinking about marriage? Well, yeah, like it's it's like it's always harder to start with nothing and you don't want to be one of those generations of people where you look up and here you are at an old age and you may you I mean if you enjoyed your life you enjoyed your life I won't knock that but I do feel like it's our responsibility to leave our kids with something that they can build on yeah and the fact if not doing that is scary because you know we've talked about it's not about survival anymore but like if it's not about, you know, marriage is not about survival, then, you know, you still need to maintain that level of, you know, of evolution, right? Yeah. No, I, I get what you're saying. I mean, but if, and that, but that's only like, marriage doesn't have to be your prerogative in order to like do those things. Cause you can be perfectly happy, like in a relationship or even by yourself. Like, if that's the way you want. Well, I won't. I think people should figure out who they are by themselves. And then try to approach a relationship. Because reality happens. You have a significant other. They move on. They die. Mm. You have got to learn to be content with self. You know, and I, I think that's really important. If you can be by yourself, if you can be alone, um, you got your own thing going on, you'll be perfectly fine. Because when somebody else comes into that picture, it's going to make everything, like, twice as better. And then when you buy yourself, you're going to appreciate that other person even more because you're like, okay, yeah, I can do this by myself, but I know why I have that other person in my life, right? Okay. I see what you did there. <laughs> no, like I, I, I agree with everything that you're saying. Okay. We did get a little off the topic, but yeah, that's no, okay. Yeah. <laughs> first, first time being here, y'all, so bear with me. It happens. Okay. So, let's go through the myths. Okay, so the first one that I have is opposites attract. What you think about that? Now, 
when I, to be honest with you, I kind of believe this one. Like, I, I, I know it's like, this one is kind of cheesy. Like, you hear it. It's so cliche all the time. Like, you hear it all the time. It's like yin and, yin and yang, right? Um, But I don't think I would ever want to be with somebody like me. Like, <laughs> like not to, I mean, I'm serious. The Scorpio woman? I, I think that, um, you know, I have a lot of strong... I have I I'm a strong personality. Um and you're a strong personality, but your personality is so much different. Like you're like extremely optimistic. Um I come off very cynical sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um and so like you kind of counter that about me, which I I appreciate cuz it's like you kind of get me out of my feelings a lot. Because you're like, oh, well, everything's going to be okay. And I'm like, how? how? Like, how is everything going to be okay? Like, explain. And then you explain it. And I'm just like, oh, okay, let me shut up. Because he's right. Like, <laughs> like. Okay, I can see how it works. I feel like opposites attract. But only if those opposites complement one another. Because you could be, I guess. What do you mean? Well, I guess the, the definition of an op- the, but the do, opposite But do you would believe be... this? Do you believe that opposites attract? Or do you believe that? Yeah, because there, there's some. Because. See, you need something, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, 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 you desire something that you don't have. There's something that you see in me that you don't see in yourself, oh, and I okay. see something in you that I don't see in myself, right? Yeah. There's a need to want to engage you and obtain information. It's like, okay, you tell me about tell me about this budget system, or tell me about. So you want to learn from your partner, exactly. And I think everybody should. If I feel like you should, that should be a a, a leading segue into a relationship you should be wanting to learn from that person yeah. learn about their history learn about you know their strengths and weaknesses learn about you know their take on the planet or their take on science or their take on belief like i learn information about them. even even if you know this relationship doesn't propel you into marriage or prepare you into be getting engaged mm-hmm. i think learning as much about a person will help you to to make the best decisions in, you know in the longevity of your relationship right because if you know these things then you can say okay i see myself leaning this way or i see myself leaning that way so we we both agree that opposites attract yeah okay so the next one you repeat your parents relationship problems i mean you are a product of your environment so if you this is tough do you believe it well no because I can only speak for myself. Like, uh, I don't. No, I don't. I don't, I don't believe. believe this one either. No, because you have to make a decision. You could you could grow up in an abusive household, and see your parents fight, drink, divorce, all those good things. But you don't pass that abuse on to another. No, you don't. You have to at some point. You have to realize, okay, that was my parents' relationship. The same way yeah. that you have relationships that. I mean, some. Let's be realistic here. Like some people can, you know continue that type of behavior but I th- I think it's um I think after a while you know you make a choice I think people if you remember that you are your parents legacy then you realize that you don't have to necessarily be a parent to be your parents like your parents you are the you are the final product of your parents right yeah. they're passing the baton whatever has happened to them that was their time I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily believe this one either. Um, I think, I think being, being around my 
my mom her my whole life and then like watching her remarry I was able to see like you know years of their marriage you know kind of go go through over time um and I don't do I don't do a lot of the behaviors that she does um my mom she's got a lot of energy you know like at any second I feel like she could bounce from wall to wall like she's just very spunky um still a big dominant personality um but I, we're we're just so different and we 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 think we think so differently too as mother and daughter like we're just like yeah we're so different so uh, I I don't think so I think parents influence relationships because uh, your parents are like literally the first relationships that you that develop see, yeah. out of the womb. So you are naturally uh, attracted to, you know, how they behave. So with that being said, you know, they're influences, but so are the movies and books that we read. Right. True. I think that, you know, it's so easy to be influenced by yeah, you just got you got to pick. You know, you want that uh, you want that Hove and Beyonce relationship. You want that Love Jones relationship. <laughs> you want the Notebook. You want the Vow. You know, you want. I love the Vow, <laughs> but that was a sad. But think about it. think about how these movies have influenced and shaped shaped our ideas of romance and the print the princess and the prince get married at the end of the movie. Yeah, and if you find two people that believe in something like that, then yeah, you can you can have it if you want it. It's out there. It's just again, information is extremely important. Yeah. Okay. That's two myths that we have agreed upon. You know. You probably got a mailbox full of hate mail right now. What? (laughs) My grandma taught me this for years and you ain't about to change nothing. Okay. Couples who have screaming fights are headed for divorce. To believe or not to believe. That is the question. Couples who have screaming fights are headed for divorce. I disagree. Um, you know, I think that. Well, first and foremost, if you're screaming at each other, y'all need to go ahead. And, so you don't, you don't believe this to be true. No, I mean, because if you're heading towards divorce, then you have ne- you have neglected several other things. Um, you. No. Yeah. Screaming is, screaming sounds like two very hurt people. Mm-hmm. Um, that need to sit down and, and, and really figure out where the scream is coming from. Mm-hmm. But if you're saying screaming is getting ready to lead y'all to divorce, yo, you have way bigger issues than the screaming. The screaming is not the problem. It's... I... I don't believe this one either. Um, couples who have screaming fights are headed for divorce. I don't. I think that couples who have screaming fights are headed... For more bickering and more fights. Yeah. Um, because, honestly, that's how they're communicating. Exactly. That's why I said check the screaming first. Yeah. Figure out where it's coming from. Um, but to say that they're headed for divorce, I, I don't agree with that. So, okay. So, um, in a previous episode um, with the girls, we talked about fighting styles and how... You usually have two fighting styles in a relationship. You have the elephant in the room, and then you have the hailstorm. So the elephant in the room fighting style is usually the person who avoids the conflict altogether and will go as far as to not acknowledge there's a problem, period. And so 
what happens with that is that that person who's not you know giving any energy into the the problem and kind of avoiding it altogether is letting the problem manifest into something bigger and greater than it's supposed to be by not talking about it. The hailstorm is the person who immediately wants to address it and their delivery is usually um, aggressive and, you know, kind of disrespectful. They're that, that person is like, no, we're going to talk about this, trying to control the conversation. They may follow you around the house or they're just a loose cannon ready to explode as soon as there's any sign of disagreement. Um, I think that you got to kind of find a way to calm your storm and kind of like talk to the elephant, you know? Like that's the only way that you're going to be able to, to communicate with that person without blowing up or just kind of letting problems blow up right. by yeah. not talking about it. Has to be some it. type of, it has to be some type of resolution. Um so I think fighting is natural. It's healthy. Well, cuz like if you like if if you offend me or upset me, I think it's it's a it's a natural response. It's like you're you're going to defend yourself. That's what animals do in the wild. You know, you <laughs> Somebody goes over and attacks this hyena. Hopefully, the hyena is going to defend themselves and not just get beat up in front of the pack. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so now to there's fair fighting and then there's unfair fighting. So, you know, if you're going to fight, I guess fight fair. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's the third one. All right, so marriage should be fair. Marriage should be fair. I agree. I mean, life is unfair, but in marriage, it should be fair. Because it's two of you, and you need to consider both. You need to be fair. Be fair with one another. Hmm. Okay. So. Think about it. If you could control life and you could say, life, I want you to be fair to me. And life says, okay, I'm going to be fair to you. Mm -hmm. You're happy. You're in a marriage. Okay. And you look at that person and say, hey, I want you to be fair, but I'm going to be unfair to you. How do you think that other person feels? Because they want to be, they want to be treated fair too, right? I mean, both people win when everybody's treated fairly. I... I don't believe this one. Okay. Um, I I I understand what you're saying, but now I'm I'm by no means am I saying that marriage should be unfair, but um, in in uh in our relationship, um, I think that, or just I've seen other relationships, not necessarily ours. Um, I think that sometimes when you're trying to make everything fair, what am I trying to say? <laughs> okay, I mean, okay. I mean, okay, I see, okay. I see where you're going. Okay, sometimes when you try to make everything fair, you become an emotional accountant. Does that make sense? Like, 
you you start to keep score almost because you're trying to to keep this this idea of fairness. of fairness like oh you put gas in my car so now i have to buy you breakfast or you i don't know you, you bought me this 500 dollar something something for my birthday so now for your birthday i have to do, i have to spend 500 or more like i think that um after a while that kind of becomes unhealthy because the be the behavior of i think i think that the behavior of giving something to someone expecting nothing in return is healthier for marriage that's what i'm trying to say okay so in this case in some aspects it's fair in other aspects it's not but maybe fairness doesn't really apply to marriage Marriage is what you give. Well, hold on, wait a minute, because you just told me marriage should be fair. No, but just based on, <laughs> based on what you just said, I mean, you're right. I I went in with my opinion. Well, these and these are just my observations. This is what I've learned watching other people's relationships, and this is what I've learned being in a relationship with you, is that I tend to like how we treat each other more when we're giving to each other without expecting something in return. Gotcha. Um, service. It's definition of service. It's a love language. Yeah, you're 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 doing something for some for someone, not for the benefit of something, but because you really want to do that for someone and help them. Yeah. So I think I was trying to apply fairness to. But how I you treat but people. I do I do respect what you're saying though. Gotcha. So I guess I could you could use the term. Respectful, but and this in this case, fairness is not. Fairness is I. It, my opinion was in a different context. Yeah, yeah, but like for for you to want to. But I do for, want to. But I do want to be fair. With you, how I treat you doesn't make yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, like, no, no, it makes sense. Like, cause what you're saying is balance. Yes. You you want balance. That's how I'm looking at. And I and I want that too. You know, like I. I want that too, but when. But as you know, as an individual, I saw this myth and I just didn't when I, you know, was thinking about my own experiences and what I have observed, I I don't think that, you know, everything is going to be fair. Like let's be real, like not everything is gonna be fair. Um, I mean you can try, but after a while it just becomes like Maybe more like so a competition, like well, I don't want to say competition, um, but it gets it can get rocky. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. Okay, so next one. <laughs> Never go to bed angry. I hear this one all the time, all the time. I would tell you right now, this one I do not believe. Like, I think that. Would I, you know, want to, would I want to like, you know, overcome a problem and get a nice night of sleep? Yes. But sometimes it takes you, maybe it depends on when you got angry. Like if you got angry in the morning and you had like a good 16 to 12 hour day (laughs) to get through. 
then you won't be angry once you go to bed, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think that applies to holding on to the anger willingly. Like, you are legitimately like, this is going, I'm going to mess up tomorrow because I'm mad right now. And you, I don't think you should do that. I mean, there are times you're going to go to bed upset. You're going to go to bed well, sad. Wait, but do you, do you believe this one to be true? Sorry. Do, do you believe that you should never go to bed angry? Yes, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, okay. So, in the context of being in a relationship, don't willingly go to bed mad at one another. Like, it's going to happen. But if you like, like, like you said, if you can chop it up, square it away, come to resolution and heal, do that. Make a habit of doing that. Don't make a habit of not trying to fix it and going to bed. I see what you're saying. Like, don't like it's don't a, make it. it a, it's gonna happen, but don't make it a habit. Yeah, no. If you if you knew something like you really legitimately just ask yourself, okay, this happened yesterday, and mm. if you blew up or if you acted out of character, all right, today take a step back. You still might have some feelings about the situation, but go in it with a level head because at the end of the day, do you really want to be mad? Do you really want to be petty? Mm. And you know, do you really want to create that energy? Because think about it: when you create that energy, that energy is there. Whether you push that energy off and it comes back around some other time, that energy is it's still negative energy. So, I I have a hard time with this one. This is something we gonna have to we gonna have to talk about later. Because <laughs> I just I think I think well to be real, if you want to talk about fighting styles, I'm the hailstorm. Unfortunately, you know, I have that trait where I I tend to like go f- go from zero to sixty, and then it, it's like nothing you can say and nothing you can do can calm me down. I'm a self soother. I have to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And you taught me that about myself because I'm like, like how can he just be over this like? What? Like, He's for, over already? Mad for, <laughs> mad for three days. Be, yeah, I'd be mad for three days. Yeah, you're right. But, <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, it's something that I'm constantly trying to work on. And there are times when I do better, you know. Yeah. But that, it's hard. Because I'd be mad. It'd be hard. <laughs> you think I'm crazy. Yeah. Okay, so okay, so never gonna be angry. So, do you think that it's healthy to 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 talk about a problem until you y'all find a solution, like until a couple finds a solution? Absolutely. I mean, sometimes the solution is to take a break, come back at it. You might look at it a different way, but yeah, no, talk talk about your problems. That's why they are problems. It is something to be solved. It wasn't something you were talking about. Yeah, I mean, but it, the resolution may not. It might not be for you to solve it. Time might solve it, but you need to talk about it. Get yourself in a position to say, "Okay, we don't have a resolution today. Let's come back tomorrow. Tomorrow might be, you know what? I got a completely uh, different change of heart. Um, you know, maybe it was an error on my part. Maybe it was an error on your part. I don't know. But yeah, talk about your problems because that's what they are. Something for you to figure out. Okay. All right. Last one. Okay. Last myth. Do you believe that, you know, this is something that you should do, something you shouldn't do? Avoid voicing dissatisfactions early on. 
Now, the reason why I wrote this one down is because um, when I was younger, I did this a lot. So I might, I might, you know, be dissatisfied in something or um, I guess nowadays we call them red flags, avoiding them or ignoring them. No, talk about your red flags. Talk about them. Um, I think I see, I see a lot of women do this more so than men um, because avoiding, so uh, avoiding a discussion about your dissatisfactions early on. Um, some women may feel like they're gonna push him away. Like, oh, if if I'm vocal about you know what I what I don't like in our relationship, and it's only been like you know three weeks, is he gonna dump me? Is he gonna like? I know. Talk about your red flags because, you know, the last thing you want to do is be in a relationship, not address the red flags, and then look like a fool and you are here hurt. Because I'm going to be completely honest with you. I've had my heart broken. It does not feel good. It is not fun. I don't know who in the hell in their right mind enjoys <laughs> having their heart broken. And you got Nobody people out here does. trying to be tough and covered up. No, you can have that because I spent, I spent the first year of my freshman year of college mad at women because I didn't want to just deal with being hurt. Mm. I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how to get over the heartbreak. And the moment I did... Um, so do you think that that avoiding your dissatisfaction... Do you think that kind of... Yeah, ignoring your dissatisfaction... Ignoring the, red, ignoring the red flags will cost you more in the long run than trying to worry about them staying with you or not because when it's for you when that person is yours when the relationship is real y'all gonna have to be able to talk about everything but do you but but saying but being vocal about those things so early on like do, do you think that that is too much like what time is the right time to talk about I don't think you should voice them out loud, but I think you should have a civilized construction, construct, uh, well-constructed conversation about it. I think it's okay to talk about them early, but if you're just making little comments and not trying to come and talk to me about it, then don't. Then yeah, keep them to yourself. So you're saying that's how you communicate it? Absolutely. If you're displeased with something, please let that person know early. Like if you buy a car, if you purchase, if you purchase anything online, mm-hmm. and you wait. You you know you don't like it. You know it's messed up. You know it's not what you want to do. You know, spent money on it. You've invested in it. You've invested the time. You're not getting it back. But then you wait until after the 30-day period to send something back. And now you sit here mad because you didn't take the time to address the problem early on. Talk um, about it. If it's a quality product, if you're putting something into it, if you're pouring something into it, you need to make sure that you, you're able to get what you want out of it too. So be real with yourself. And yeah, talk about it. Okay. Early on, hey, I'm not feeling this. Okay, why are you not feeling this? Okay, cool. Because that's a part. This is a part of the information stage. Yeah. If you do not, you, you learn to learn what makes them tick. I think you gotta you gotta know your partner too. Now, early on, you may not know your partner as well. Um. But I I 
Like, I, yeah, like a couple years ago, like, I just was not very vocal about the things that I didn't like. And I'm not saying, not necessarily saying, like, my relationship with you, but just, like, dating in general. Like, I just will let a little stuff slide. And I look back and I'm like, oh, my God, I was an idiot. Yeah, because <laughs> eventually you'll be angry for no reason and they'll never know why. And you have never told them why you And I'm angry. holding them accountable for something they have no idea about. You're frustrated. About. They're just like, I don't know why this person is mad at me. I don't know why they're pissed off. Because yeah. you never talked about, you never opened up and said, this is my button. It leads to, yeah. Okay. Well, that was the last one. <laughs> I think that we we had a well we disagreed on some of them, but I mean that's to be expected. We're still two individuals, um, and we we agreed on. It's crazy because we agreed on the ones that I didn't think we would agree upon, and then we disagreed on the the ones that I. I just didn't think that that would happen. But it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. You know? So, I guess, uh, just to take away something from this conversation, something you said is, um, you said if you're going to be in a relationship, no, 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 no. You said that if you are, if being an expert in a relationship is attainable, it's because you're an expert in your relationship. Yeah, most definitely. Be an expert at your own relationship. Because you, you can't be... I can't be an expert for my parents' relationship. Yeah. Um, and I, I so agree with that. I think I think that I'm, I'm becoming an expert at our relationship. But you ask me about something else and I just be like, what? <laughs> like, I don't know about that. No, nah, man, this is, this is one of the, you know... The forever learning is a, is going to be a big part of being married. Um, and it's fun because you are going to, you know, you're going to learn things you like. You're going to learn things that you don't really, you know, you don't really care for, stuff like that. But and it's, it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah. I think that growth is another takeaway because you got to think about it. Like you talked about, you know, getting your heart broken, but then you talked about starting a new relationship. Right. Yeah. Then you talked about um, how, I guess, you are able to give a, a spiritual aspect to your relationship. But when it comes to like other things that um, you need in other life skills, you unfortunately you were lacking in that area and had to be a learner in that department. Right. Um, and so, you know, you you aspire to learn all these things. And to, you know, not to kind of like, you know, stay away from complacency and to grow. And I think that that's really important because you got to think about it, Like you'll have stages of your relationship where you guys were younger and you were both learning about each other. And then maybe one person is learning faster than the other. So they become a teacher while the other one is still learning. Um, then, you know relationship gets more serious y'all start talking about marriage you start building a home together you start you know talking about finances and vacationing together and you talk about you know trying to build a functional family unit together right Mm -hmm. and then 
you you have children too, and that's a whole different relationship. Like you think you married now, when you have kids, your marriage is gonna change. But think about all the cool stuff you can teach your kids when you learn from one another, right? And then you have you're both, both the teachers. You exactly. You both have, I guess you both have the game, and you can sit there and teach them. Like, okay, this is what your mother can teach you. This is what your father can teach you. Or this is what two parent guardians can teach you, right? Because they've take, taken the time to learn each other. Yeah. Um, and like you said, relationships, you're going to always, you, you forever learn. It's not going to stop. You get together, you're young, um, you know, you, you you finally got married. Or if you make it to marriage, you know, you think you'd have made it to the mountain. But in reality, that's not the end of the journey. Uh, once you get to the top of the mountaintop, you realize that there's this valley that you got to travel down into. And then that's that's a, a whole new, you know, learning experience. And it's a lot of fun, but you, you've got to be open to, you know, conflict resolution and talking about those red flags in your relationship because, you know, you're going to struggle. But why not? Why not have the best tools and capabilities to handle, you know, the problems that you guys are going to face, right? Because yeah. a lot of us go into we experience problems and issues and we don't have the tools or the knowledge to get around it or to, to work through it, right? So we end up stopping and that's where the relationship ends. When in reality, had both of you kind of, you know, t- took a step back and looked at the manual, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, or rested, waited, and then got back up when you went full strength to tackle it again, you might have been okay. Okay. So... Um, well, this is the last thing, my last takeaway, because I got a lot out of this conversation. <laughs> so my last takeaway, like you remember when, um, during, um, the beginning of our conversation, we were talking about, um, how 20% will people will, why can't I talk? So people under the age of 30, only 20% of people under the age of 30 are married. Now, I really believe this because of, you know, the changing world that we're in. Um, you got to think about it. Like, it's, it's, everything is like so different now. Like, things are so much more expensive now. Um, I think that, I think that people are waiting, especially millennials, people are waiting when they're older to get married. Um, because, you know, it's, it's like how, housing, like the the cost of living is just, you know, ridiculous already. And just like the things that people want to do, like our age, like everybody our age, you know, they're very much into this entrepreneurship behavior where they want their own and they want to focus on, you know, whether it be the start of their business or... They have like these passion projects, whether it be a podcast or they want to create some type of website, YouTube channel, some type of, um, you know, information hub, like they're super duper driven to, to like, basically we're socializing ourselves to become unicorns. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you have to, you before have to. but think about it, like because before like everybody's like you go to college right you get a job 
in your field. And then you build this career in this field. Now it's like, I know people who are 32 years old who have had several careers already, who went to school for something, right? Couldn't find a job in their field or they they like their field, but unfortunately they don't want to get paid fifteen dollars an hour for a master's degree level of education. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like we're we're you know constantly trying to redefine what we are socially. So we kind of do that in marriage too. Yeah, no, I see that. Um, people are finding more time trying to establish themselves because yeah, nobody wants to work. For one company for fifty years and then retire and die. It's, it's, <laughs> no, I mean it's sad because if you if you you know you look at family and you look at you know I appreciate the work that the the men and women in my family have done for you know us to have this type of life. Um, I won't take that for granted. So with that being said, people are, should be in your when you know when you're single and not married and not having kids. Yeah, work on establishing your footprint so that if you do get married. If you do decide to adopt or have kids or anything of that nature that you're going into the game with some tools, you know, you're not going in trying to start from scratch. Yes, it's harder when you're trying to start from scratch. Save yourself that heartache and that heartbreak and study something, get certified, spend more time volunteering, find, figure out what makes you happy and then seek out a relationship. Don't do not do all that other stuff first. Now, for some people, it worked out early. Like, hey, they met the person they were going to be with, mm-hmm. and they're still together, and it works. That's their story. But think about all of these people that came up with this plan to go to school, go to college, get a job, retire. That's somebody that said they were an expert, but they, that's, they're an expert in that. They might have worked for them, but it doesn't work for everybody. So until society starts looking at, okay, we have... X amount of people able to do this. X amount of people able to do that. Like, look at the numbers. The numbers don't lie. If you see a if you see a decline on the amount of people finding jobs after college, then that lets you know that there's something wrong. Like, hey, all of these people going to school, getting these degrees, spending this time, you know, and then coming out and then realizing that they have to start from scratch. That's something that needs to be talked about. Okay. All right. Well, this was good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I enjoy talking to you. I think that you know we 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 get on our soapboxes sometimes with each other, uh-huh. and we you know have these intense, stimulating conversations. But you know this this one just happens to be you know on my podcast. Um, so thank you for doing this. You know, most well, and sharing your opinions and your your views on things. Um. I really enjoyed it. Um, so, again, you can follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram is at Single Married Complicated. We also have a Facebook page. All you have to do is search Single Married and It's Complicated Podcast on Facebook, and we can pop right up. Um, and we have a YouTube channel, too. Um, and we love to hear, you know, from our our listeners about what they think about episodes so please comment please like please subscribe please share with your friends if you feel like um you know the conversation is good all right well until next time we um 
so next so next time we'll be hearing a dive-in session from Kenya our it's complicated co-host she's not complicated it's complicated um and uh, you know with Kenya you're always going to have a very insightful conversation so I hope you guys will enjoy that one as well be on the lookout for that so thank you for listening bye